I love that. Did you accept the recording? It didn't say recording accepted. I love the fact that Zoom comes on and says recording in prog progress, but doesn't say recording accepted. It's very interesting. Oh, really? Yeah. No, that's it. Yeah, I see a little red dot flashing. Yeah. No, it's all it's all good. So, uh, welcome to Do Not Listen to This Podcast. Thanks to everybody that supports the podcast. Last year, we were able to feed thousands of stray cats and dogs. You just go to do not listen to this podcast.com and you do that there. I have a very special guest today to start off the 2022 season. Would you like to introduce yourself? I'm Lila Smith. I'm the creator of the Say Things Better method of intentional communication, which is based on my work in theater. And I'm a big fan of Roger Wilkerson and all projects, podcasts, messaging, and assistance he gives to the general uh, public, animal, human, vegetable, mineral, et cetera. That's very nice of you. That's very, very nice of you. I, I, I think Lila is a good guest to start off the 2022 season. I just like the fact that 2022 has so many twos in it. As a, I think, I think yeah. it as a year, it is communicating itself in twos. You know, it's it's very specific. Um, what would be your number one communication tip for people in 2022? Write yourself some post-it notes, you know, like good old-fashioned sticky notes, or if you prefer a tattoo or a Sharpie on the finger, do that, but write yourself some notes. I have my three verbs from Verb Your Values on a post-it note so that I can check my communication before I send it out to make sure that it includes those intentions. So for me, those are to affirm, to include, and to empower, and if my communication hasn't hit at least one of those points, I have to go back through and revise it in my emails or by text. Just a good reminder when I'm on a call. Uh, but you can write whatever your reminder is. You know, if it's the topic you want to stay focused on, write it down and put it in front of your face. What you know, since communication is your is your kind of your your jam, what do you think the biggest mistakes people make in general when it comes to communication? assumptions 100 percent of the time <laughs> it's assumptions uh you know not asking a lot enough questions to get clear not providing enough detail that somebody can become clear on what's being communicated uh you know using words like it and this and that a lot instead of starting a topic by explaining what it is mm -hmm. uh, so you know a lot of those are assumptions I assume you know what's in my head. I assume you know what's in my heart. And you can never do that because somebody else has a completely different context and experience than you do, even if you are so similar. What, first of all, I guess the question, the follow-up question on that would be, how do people identify their assumptions? And then do they either commit to their assumptions or, or change them? Um, uh, I would say in a similar way in the consulting side, we're always trying to identify biases. Uh, mm -hmm. but from the communication side, how, how would somebody be able to kind of, because I would assume, there's my assumption, that, um, <laughs> that uh, people are not aware that they're making assumptions. 
most of the time people are not aware that they're making assumptions. So if you just ask yourself one question, do I know that they know this? Mm -hmm. A little bit of preparation, you know, or checking yourself along the way. Um, also getting some feedback during the conversation. Um, are we on the same page right now? Are you clear on this? Do you have any questions? And including that other participant in the conversation mm -hmm. in your own awareness. So I've got one post-it with my verb and another one that says intent, content, and adjustment. Mm -hmm. That's how you communicate what you meant to. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. Intent is the way that you want to make someone feel. Mm -hmm. You have to intend to do that in order for it to happen. It's like mm -hmm. aiming an arrow rather than just shooting it into space and hoping that you hit something. Intent, you get a much stronger chance of hitting the bullseye on someone's heart the way that you want to. Mm -hmm. And then content is the actual information. Staying focused on what that information is, as well as what the other person already has. So you confirm your intent, you confirm your content, an adjustment is what you do to improvise, you know, which you know all about, Roger, and have trained many people on mm -hmm. that constantly listening and making sure that people are on the same page with you, that they are receiving your message the way that it's intended, that they do understand the content of what you're saying. And if they don't, you make an adjustment, always yeah, being ready to pivot and adjust. I think the adjustment is important because I think what's interesting and I think what people miss a lot, especially when creating content, is you put something out there and it's going to have a different reaction than you think it's going to have. The trick is to let go yeah. of that. The trick is to let go of what you thought was going to happen and run with what's happening, right? Um, yeah. Because... That allows the audience to be the, in the driver's seat. You get to be the passenger of the process. Right. You're the spark, they're the flame, or the oxygen. Yeah, I think, um, I, you know, um, I noticed this week in doing the character workshop, um, everybody wants to be the hero. And the, the truth is, is that if you go for being the hero of your story, you won't have a story because everybody that's a potential customer or whatever, they're the hero. You're just a supporting right. actor, actress. You and too you're many that, that oracle or the guide. Right? Yeah, yeah. You're if you if you position yourself as the hero, uh, you're then um, basically taking that role away from them, and you that's where the disconnect happens. That's even true in speaking when you're telling your own story, right? Mm -hmm. Like, yes, you're the hero in the story that you're telling, but if you don't make that story relatable, then it's not, people need to see themselves in it in yes. order to resonate and pay attention. So there's an art to that as well. Even when you're telling your own story, you're still not the hero because you're telling it on purpose yeah. to someone else. You can be the hero in your own story when you're in bed, you know? <laughs> what, cra what cracks, what I think is interesting, and I've noticed this a lot, with so social media does not have a classic story structure like, like film or TV or theater or radio or music or anything else that's established. And, and I think people have kind of gotten seduced into the idea of telling story, but it's like, well, wait, 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 time out. There's... There is no structure. 
to social media and it's constantly changing. So how are you going to tell that story? And if you are just telling the story about you, you're just talking about yourself. And, right. and, and that is interesting for about 10 seconds. It gets old, you know, it's a very low yeah. tide, right. you know, you're only getting whoever the new shells on the block are yes. and the okay. mollusks who come out and they bite at your, your kelp and stuff. And then that's it. <laughs> What's been the most interesting thing that's happened to you uh, yourself or with clients when it's come to putting out content? Cause you've done all kinds of different types of content and you know, you're successful yeah. and you, you know, you go on and off um, of doing content. So what's been the most unique thing that well, happened to you? We can talk about Volsa Volotion Smith. She's the founder of Color Snap Studio and she's a watercolor artist whose work, original works I collect. Okay. And I met her in person at a watercolor event in Dallas when I had just moved to that city. And we just hit it off and made plans to meet up at a WeWork for a watercolor lunch. This is, mm -hmm. you know, before the world shut down and everybody was doing things in person. I got this magical experience from a woman I can only describe as like the sailor moon of watercolor painting mm -hmm. um, come to life, but with a really smart brain mm -hmm. and uh, very creatively strategic. And I just loved her energy. I loved her work. I loved her ideas. And she gave me so much inspiration for what I was creating with Say Things Better that I hired her mm -hmm. as the graphic designer for all of my materials. And she's been phenomenal. Uh, but that's how I met her. Mm -hmm. And at the time, she was kind of, you know, she had a LinkedIn profile, but it was focused on her former digital marketing career. And she only was really engaging on LinkedIn because I was there and I would send her a link to something I thought she'd be interested in or she would see what I was doing and she would support me. And that's how she was kind of getting more involved mm -hmm. on LinkedIn. And over the years, I've been coaching her and encouraging her to put up some of her own content in front of the business audience, not just in front of the audience on Instagram, but in front of the professional community on LinkedIn, who were the people who could hire her for mm -hmm. watercolor workshops, for custom gifts and animations for their brand, for uh, making infographics, for creating creative digital assets for them to engage with their audience, with their brand in a deeper, more colorful way. And so she started doing this and showing on LinkedIn things like a mango meditation, where you watch a mango get bigger and then contract as you take a breath. And people loved her. And I've been encouraging her to continue this. Uh, we talked about her distribution strategy, so that one post that she puts up doesn't just have to sit there. She can use it as a work sample to send to a potential client. Mm -hmm. with a little bit of social proof on it. That's really how I use the LinkedIn social media mm -hmm. uh, myself. And so she started getting more business opportunities as an artist from being on LinkedIn. Right. And so she went all in, we worked out a content plan uh, for her. And I you know, suggested her as one of the creators to watch on Daniel Roth's Creator Weekly newsletter and encouraged her to apply when the LinkedIn Accelerator, Creator Accelerator program began. And they were starting to take their initial applicants. Mm -hmm. And then she was approved. So she's one of 100 people in the first ever class of the LinkedIn Creator Accelerator program. 
And she got paid $15,000 to mm -hmm. make 10 weeks worth of posts on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. And so she's been honored now with this incredible acknowledgement of the value of her creative art work in the LinkedIn professional community. You know, I'm such a champion for the arts as you are and yeah. having her show how art is a business and how businesses need the arts and how much more beautiful things can be when you simply add color. So yeah. I've been impressed and, and inspired by her journey from, you know, someone I met in a wine bar watercoloring to now getting paid to create content and being hired by some very significant companies to do work for them as well. That's great. What would be, let's give, let's give them some tips for creating content on all social media, not just LinkedIn, but I'll give you my tip and then you, mm -hmm. can, give, you can give more. My primary tip is whatever you did last year, don't do it this year. Hmm. That's interesting. That means you're re-engaging your audience from last year and seeing, you know, giving them something different. So yeah. it's not just seen that, done that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's interesting. That's a good tip. I like that. I would say, uh, well, I've got two tips. I'm trying to pick. No, do well, both. You, can do both. you can do both. I was just starting. It okay. Off. One tip is to create when you feel like it and create as much as you can when you're in that zone. Yeah. Just like, you know, a writer hits flow. If you find yourself inspired even a little bit that day by an idea that you had or something that you're curious about, start a conversation, whether that's visually uh, or with written text or, you know, putting up a a poll if you want to really engage people, you know, gauge where your audience is on something, right. but have a reason for, for that, you know? Um, yeah, just like go with it when you feel like it. One of my clients, John, he used to post, you know, in the morning and then you would be like thinking about it and he would be editing, over editing his posts and making sure that they were perfect and then telling himself that they were going to fall flat and no one was going to like it. And I asked him, also about how he was sleeping. And he said he had a hard time falling asleep because he had all these ideas turning around in his head. Mm -hmm. So I suggest that he start posting at night. If he's thinking about business at night and he's, that's when his thoughts are most active, if he posts it, then he has an end point for those thoughts, which allows him to then sleep. And what happened is that overnight, people were seeing his posts, engaging with it, already had a few likes and stuff on it when they would wake up in the morning and check out social. And his thoughts were richer then. So it made for better content. That's good. The other tip is to know like how you can repurpose that content into a business conversation. If you are using social media for business, um, if you're using it to make cultural connections or community connections, know how you can repurpose it for that. Mm -hmm. So imagine who your audience is down to one specific person. If I have a goal of working with uh, Todd Duncan, uh, who's a, you know, he wrote a best-selling book, um, High Trust Sales or High Trust Selling, and I want to work with him, then I think, how will my post add value to him so much so that I can take a link to it, put it in an email, and send it off as a gift? Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't hit that, you know, if it doesn't make that person feel like, wow, you're really creating stuff for me, mm -hmm. then 
don't know. Then I guess it's just your own like personal Pinterest board to collect recipes. Right. What would you tell them not to do? On social media? Yeah. Compare. Don't compare. Don't compare. Don't copy. Don't be a D-bag to other people. You know, <laughs> people are looking at you. People are watching and people are remembering. So, you know, be a decent person. Don't copy other people's stuff and don't compare your success to theirs. You have no idea what's going on behind the scenes. Right. Well, that's, I, mean, I think that's really good advice. What would you want everybody that listens to this show, what would you want them to take away from this episode when it comes to communication in general? In general, I think just know who you're talking to and consider them at least as much as you consider yourself. What value are they going to get out of this conversation or this post or this experience with you? And if you're not thinking about them, you're going to ultimately find that people feel like you're always talking about yourself or <laughs> that they don't feel heard by you. So if you're tipping the scales, you know, at least 51% in their direction, then people will feel good about the communication you have and it'll be more successful. That's great. Well, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Always good to talk to you. Right back at you.